0: it's tuesday may 30th 2023 the 860th day of dystopia i'm your moderator chris paul let's be reasonable a warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month, and in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands, and if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple of days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com/I'm your moderator. So I hope you all had a wonderful memorial day or a wonderful, long weekend, however you spent it. I hope it was a good one. Maybe you got to take a little time off and relax. That's what I did. It was kind of nice. And for me, taking time off just means not doing the show and instead focusing on other things that will inevitably end up on the show or in writing or whatever. You know how it is. It's just nice to exercise a different part of my brain for a little bit longer before going back to the routine of it all. You understand? Now... Whenever I have opportunities like that and I'm not focused on getting a podcast out every day, my mind gets to wander a bit more and I spend more time on big picture sorts of things rather than the details of individual issues so that I can competently explain them on here to the best of my ability. Now, one of the things that I've been thinking about for about a week now is the fact that a lot of this anti-Trump thing that's happening, that's bubbling up again from the DeSantis side of things. And again, we don't know where Ron stands on this. It's okay if you still like Ron. No one's telling you not to like Ron. I certainly am not. My stance on this is not anti-Ron. I'm just anti-pro-Ron when you're putting Ron against Trump. Okay, that's all. Ron can have his time in the future. It's just Ron versus Trump right now. You got something wrong with your brain or your soul, I guess, if that's where you're at. And I'm not going to shift from that. I'm not going to change from it. And I'm allowed to say that people have been calling me crazy and all sorts of things for three years while we've been right about just about all of it. Now, everybody makes mistakes and certainly we make plenty of them. And that is by necessity when you're looking toward the future as often as we do and trying to speculate on what might happen so that we can prepare ourselves for those eventualities and be ahead of the game wherever we're able to, you know, like smart people do. And sometimes we might be too optimistic, which will lead us to believe that something is going to happen sooner than it actually does. Sometimes we are too blackpilled and we lose faith and think that nothing is ever going to happen, even though we can see it right in front of us. Nobody's perfect. That's my point. But if you understand that the 2020 election was stolen, And that Carrie Lake's election in Arizona was stolen. And that's becoming irrefutable at this point. They have video of people manipulating the machines out there now. And we've had these videos in the past and people will ignore them to a point. And every time those people ignore them, there are some people on the other side being like, wait a second, what? Are you crazy? This is actually real. Like maybe they do have a point here. And a few people wake up, a few people double down and they go further into the hole. But every time a few more people wake up, we get that much closer because those people are not going back to sleep. Our elections are stolen in broad daylight. They can barely hide it anymore. And we're going to talk about some more of that in a little bit. But if you know that our elections are stolen, then there is only one person who can be trusted as president to go against that. And it's the one who's being honest about the fact that our elections are stolen. If you're going to deny that, then you need to be able to say you believe Joe Biden got 81 million real lawful American votes and you need to be able to substantiate it. You need to be able to prove it. And if you can't prove it, you can't say it. And if you can't say it, well, then that's a problem because you know that election fraud is real and you want to replace the guy the election was stolen from. How much election fraud is acceptable? The TV says it wasn't enough to change the outcome and that is enough for you. They're admitting that there is fraud in our elections because of the system. The system allows it. The system creates it. Oh, it's just human error. I know how much is enough. Apparently, it doesn't matter to these people. They're just going to chalk up these election losses that were obviously the result of election rigging at all levels. All around the country. And again, I will hammer this point home pretty hard later on. But to know that and then support someone other than the guy they're stealing the elections from means that you are on the side of the people stealing elections. And that is what Ron DeSantis and the people supporting him. And again, I'm not talking about average voters out there who are just giving Ron a listen or think that Ron seems like he's going to fix problems that You're prioritizing, right? I understand you're not bad people. You're making a mistake if you're there. That's all I think, right? We'll welcome you in. We'll have a discussion. You're going to start blaming a bunch of things on Trump and making all the same points that liberals make. Then we're not going to have a discussion. But otherwise, we're good. Okay. this is not about insulting Ron. It's not anti Ron. It's anti pro Ron in comparison to Trump. Now, a lot of people out there have convinced themselves over the last few years that election fraud is not that big of a deal because so many of the people that they listen to in Con Inc. media and in the establishment media, they go along with the story just like what Rachel Maddow and Don Lemon say there was no proof of election fraud. These are baseless claims. There's no evidence. This is why Trump's claims. Lost in court. This is why Bill Barr said he hadn't seen widespread evidence enough to overturn the election. This is why CISA said it was the safest and most secure election in American history. All of it. They all use the same points. The people on the right use the same points as the people on the left. The people on the right say that Kerry Lake lost, that Trump candidates across the country lost in 2022 because of Trump, not because of election fraud. John Fetterman, John Fetterman. Is in office not because of election fraud. It's because Donald Trump's candidate, Dr. Oz, was too much of a MAGA extremist for Pennsylvania, a state that has been pretty red for most of our lives, but is now one of the bluest of the blue. And they're the same state that changed all their election laws outside the bounds of the Constitution in 2020. And did courts decide that that's exactly what they did? Yep. Courts decided that, but we're still going to count it as real because we got to make the anti-Trump case because we have to be pro-Ron. Now, I am anti the pro-Ron position there. Why? Because it's totally dishonest. It is interpreting a situation through the lens of how can this be blamed on Trump? And they went straight there. Oh, this is Trump's fault because Trump's candidates lost. Well, Trump's candidates won resoundingly in many places, and Mitch McConnell's candidates lost in some places. In fact, MAGA won primaries. So who decided that? Did Donald Trump decide that, or did the voters decide that? I mean, if the elections are safe and secure, then Pennsylvania Republicans decided to put up Doug Mastriano, right, as the Pennsylvania governor candidate. Why didn't the Republican Party support that? Why are they blaming Trump for the decisions the voters made because Pennsylvania's elections are very safe and very secure? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not possible to blame Donald Trump for election losses, knowing that elections are rigged. So they pretend the elections are not rigged. And now they have told one of the most crucial lies in this country. That is a lie supporting treason. I don't know how else to say that. And there's no way that I'm going to be able to respect that position or take that position seriously. Now, you want to claim ignorance on it. Well, okay, maybe you're trying to uh, elude the moral implications of your position, but I'm not going to allow you to do that either. Ignorance of whether or not our country has been usurped is inexcusable, especially two and a half years on down the line. Everybody had time to check. And it doesn't matter if you don't understand the full explanation of every little bit of election fraud. It doesn't matter if you feel competent or not to argue it in front of people who are getting in your face about it. None of that matters. What matters is that Joe Biden did not receive 81 million real lawful American votes. And after that, you have to wonder exactly how big our election fraud problem is, especially when you see what's going on in the country right now. Again, Donald Trump won in 2020. Donald Trump and MAGA candidates won in 2022. The Republican establishment chose, chose on the night of the midterms to blame those losses on Donald Trump. And it doesn't matter how much proof we have that all those elections are rigged. You still blamed Trump. How does that analysis look once everyone understands that elections are stolen and elections are stolen. There is obvious, overwhelming evidence. It is absolutely everywhere. All you have to do is check. It doesn't matter what the TV says. It doesn't matter what the Daily Wire says. It doesn't matter what your friends say. It definitely doesn't matter what the uniparty left communists say. It doesn't matter. Think I am crazy, if you like. Put that thought to the test. How did I and all of the people who Who think like me end up being right at every step of this process throughout the last three years. We knew masks didn't work. We knew lockdowns didn't work. We knew COVID wasn't scary. We knew that keeping children out of school was going to destroy their education. We knew that masking them was going to destroy their ability to socialize. And that was just in the first three months. And everything else, well, Hey, how's the war in Ukraine going? How's the very violent insurrection going? How's the mail-in balloting going? How's inflation going? How's immigration going? How are geopolitics going? Oh, I'm just kidding. People who are supporting Ron DeSantis don't know a damn thing about geopolitics and don't care because Ron doesn't talk about it. And hey, you got that COVID thing to relitigate. And speaking of that, just as an aside, they go on TV, the Voltron people, the Paid, coordinated Ron DeSantis influencers on social media. Now, are they paid directly by the campaign? I don't know. I don't know how they're incentivized. But they're either paid or they're promised positions in a Ron administration or they are corrupted and compromised. And they might be all of those things together. But there's nothing grassroots about it. We know it's coordinated and we can see the coordination from their messaging. They are out there. Josh Hammer, for instance, editor at Newsweek for like the last two years. You got to wonder how he has slanted Newsweek's coverage to favor Ron DeSantis. This project for them started a year and a half ago at least. So how long has Newsweek been guiding the minds of its readers toward Ron? An interesting question. I haven't looked into it. I'm sure there is plenty of evidence of that. But Josh Hammer was out there on TV somewhere debating a Trump spokesperson named Caroline Levitt, who had run for Congress last cycle in New Hampshire, in New Hampshire's rigged elections with Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, pretending he's going to mount a presidential run against Trump. He's very anti Trump. We've discussed him before. They were talking and Josh Hammer said, the American people do not want to keep relitigating the 2020 election. That was it. That's the excuse for ignoring the usurpation of our country. No one wants to relitigate it. Well, why does no one want to relitigate it? Because it hasn't been litigated yet. And they'd say, oh, well, the courts dismissed all these cases for lack of evidence. But that's not why the courts dismissed those cases. And some of those cases are still ongoing through the appeals process. There are cases that have been open the entire time, and Donald Trump never conceded. The 2020 election is still being litigated, and it doesn't matter whether or not people want to talk about it. It is the most important issue. So, sorry, Josh Hammer, they're gonna relitigate it, and it's going to continue to be relitigated until the entire country knows the truth. But at the same time, they are making the claim that everybody on TV repeats. No one wants to hear about this 2020 election. No one wants to hear about this 2020 election. We need to move on. We need to look forward. That's in the past. We need to look forward. We need a forward-looking candidate to help us look forward. That's how we're really going to defeat the wokes. We're just going to talk about wee-wees and hoo for the next two years until the election. And we're going to show everybody that we know which people are the boys and we know which people are the girls. We can tell which people have wee-wees and which people have hoo Let's go vote for Ron. Yeah, okay. Okay, we can talk about wokeness the whole time. Oh, it'll be great. Oh, it'll be so exciting. We don't want to relitigate the 2020 election. But... Since Trump is the least woke president of all time, and since MAGA is so much less woke than Ron's supporters, shouldn't you leave that to us? I mean, honestly, I say things that Ron supporters would not be caught dead saying. Why? Because they want to impress mainstream uniparty right Republicans and uniparty left Democrats who are in elite positions. Why? Because they're still in the party of false decorum. And hey, guys, it's okay. Everyone's still in there a little bit. All of us, all the time, including me. We dip our toes into the false reality. We pull ourselves back out. That's just how it goes. Sometimes I like to watch the NFL, even though it's bad. You see, I get it, okay? Sometimes you get Starbucks on the side of the freeway because that's just what's there. I understand, guys. It's not the best. It's not always perfectly principled all the time. I get it, all right? But when the need to impress the elitists in life and the establishment, the unit party right, the unit party left, people who are scared of saying anything, when that makes you scared to talk about the fact that your country's been usurped, well, you're doing it wrong, okay? And whatever you can gain... From that incentive and punishment structure within the party of false decorum, you're eventually going to lose it as your country disappears before your eyes. All right. Don't tell us you're going to go defeat the wokes and the global communists when you can't even stand up against election fraud and the Republican establishment chose not to. That's why we don't have majorities in the Senate. That's why we don't have bigger majorities in the House. The red wave was there. The Republican establishment didn't want it because they didn't want a big win. Because they're globalists. Because they're the uniparty right. They're the same as the uniparty left. And all of the people in the party of false decorum who have little Rs next to their name and punch their ticket every time for Republicans just right up and down the ballot. Doesn't matter who they are. Who even bothers finding out? Just hit that R. All those people went along with it, and they're still going along with it. And now they are relitigating COVID from 2020. The forward lookers, the smashers of wokeness, the people who would never look back and relitigate the 2020 election are busy relitigating COVID around the margins to prove that Ron is marginally better than Trump somehow. And they'll say to us, well, Look at this look at what Trump said. This makes Trump very bad. Why aren't you willing to call Trump bad in this situation? Don't you see this headline from Politico? This headline from Politico says Trump is bad. Why don't you agree? Why won't you just admit just once that Trump is the problem? Well, it's because Trump's not the problem. And he doesn't do things that I like all the time. But me liking what the president does and says all the time is not part of supporting a president because I'm not a child and I don't feel like I have to say he did good every single time. And if he does good overall for a very long time and I never have to question his motivations while he does it, then I don't really care that he said something you don't like in August of 2020. And I don't care that you think Ron was marginally better at some weird COVID policy. And I don't think it's smart to tell us we can't relitigate the election while you're relitigating mask policy in June of 2020. Now, the thing is, when they bring up these statements from Trump in the past, they say, well, what does Trump mean here? How can you put up with this? It says that he's doing the wrong thing. And now you're supporting him no matter what, even if he says the wrong thing. And then you show them Ron saying something similar or equally wrong or worse. And there's plenty of that out there. Ron is not the COVID savior, despite what the TV says. Ron did an okay job with COVID. Did he do a great job? No, he didn't. Did the TV tell you he did? Yes, they did. And I'm not trying to take down Ron because I don't care about Ron. It's not about Ron. But the idea that Ron did all these things that Trump didn't do is crazy. If you're going to tell me that Trump was terrible because of this or that policy, and I show you Ron with this or that policy, and your goal is to make me say that Trump is bad. Well, I'm not going to do that. And also, what are you talking about? Why is this happening? Why is it happening? I have to nitpick Trump to prove to you that I am objective, even though you have been like this about Trump for eight years and haven't figured out what Trump is doing, but I'm the problem because I'm not objective. Okay, okay. It doesn't make any sense, but I know you believe it, so let's move forward, right? Here we are. People do not understand how to listen to Trump. And they do not understand the context, the broader context in which Trump speaks and how his language should be interpreted. And that is a huge problem if you're going to pretend that you're extremely sophisticated about politics. Now, I know people are going to say, well, that's a big claim. You're just saying all of the Iran supporters are not very sophisticated about politics. And my answer is either yes or they're lying or they're incentivized, or someone is just not thinking all of this through and they don't want to think it through. And I understand because it's not fun. It's frustrating. It's been a lot of this over the last few years. And this wasn't something that we had to do in our lives before, except for sport. But you actually do have to think it all the way through. And I'm going to prove this in just a moment. But first, A scene from the classic movie, White Men Can't Jump, so we can discuss what it means to really hear Trump. And if you got kids in the car, hey, earmuffs.
1: Nobody has done that around here since the King and Duck Johnson. King and Duck. King and the Duck. Hey, what is this? Jimmy Henderson. No, I know who it is. But why are you playing Jimmy? Well, because I like to listen to him. Oh, you like to listen? That's what the fucking problem is. Y'all listen. Well, what am I supposed to do? Eat it? <laughs> no, no, no. You're supposed to hear it. Hey, I just said I like to listen to it, man. No, 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 no. There's a difference between hearing and listening. You see, white people, y'all can't hear Jimmy. You, 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 you listen. What the fuck are you talking about? His drummer was white. Oh! <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Jimmy Hendrix drummer was not white. Yes he did. Yo, check it out. See? This is a picture. Oh damn band is white except for Jimmy. <laughs> this is a fucking picture, <laughs> man. This is Air <laughs> bullshit. Jimmy Hendrix did not have a white rhythm section. <laughs> you cannot hear Jimmy. Alright, fuck. Alright. Thank you.
0: Check this out. He said I will love you. Till I die. Who is this? Who is this? This is like
1: she the greatest troubadour of all time is who it is. It is. Troubadour? This shit sounds like a dog or something like that. You no, know, that's a Labrador, man. Don't insult this music. Take this shit out, man. You are listening to this, you're not hearing it. I don't wanna listen or I don't wanna hear this. This is like pollution
0: to my ears, man. Gloria, will you explain to this Gladys Knight and the Pimps? It's Pimps. It's Gladys Knight and the Pimps. So that is Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, Rosie Perez, White Men Can't Jump. You can't hear Jimmy. You can listen to Jimmy. The words come in your ears, but you don't understand the context. You don't understand what he means. You can't hear Jimmy. That was Wesley Snipes' character's point in White Men Can't Jump. Now, he's saying that Woody's character can't hear Jimmy because he's white. That's not it. But in order to actually hear something rather than listening to it, you actually have to try and take seriously what the person means when they are communicating to you, whether it's a movie you're watching, book you're reading, some music you're listening to or politician on the TV screen or anybody on the TV screen for that matter. What are they trying to say to me? You got to understand the context. You got to try to give them the benefit of the doubt that they know what they're talking about, especially when they're worth a few billion dollars and competently ran the United States of America as president. It's probably just worth taking a second and thinking, hey, maybe this guy knows something I don't know. But people can't hear Trump because they don't like Trump's voice. Trump doesn't talk to them in the way they like to hear things. They want Trump to be more soft spoken. They want him to seem more humble because what's really important is that politicians seem humble even when they're the biggest narcissist in the world. you got to have them seem humble and they've got to seem like they're college educated. Now, Trump was college educated and went to Wharton Business School and is a billionaire but not educated enough not educated enough to speak the right way so that people will respect him. And his business success means nothing if you don't want it to mean anything. You just simply say, well, his father was successful too, so that explains it. And uh, he's had some businesses that didn't work out, therefore he's very bad at business. And often when people are saying that, they too have parents who helped them make their way along in life, not as successfully as Donald Trump's parents helped him and not as successfully as Donald Trump accomplished his mission. But some version of that, right? Donald Trump went to college. They went to college. But Donald Trump just doesn't sound the right way. Therefore, you can listen to him for as much as you can take. Oh, I know a clip on the evening news, a few minutes of a Trump announcement that you'll then make fun of because he didn't say all the right things. You can listen to Trump. You just can't hear Trump. Because you don't try to give Trump the benefit of the doubt that he might know what he's talking about and maybe he knows things that you don't and maybe his way of speaking does not fully tell the story about whether or not he knows more than you and is more confident. I know, it's crazy, it's crazy. You read a bunch of articles, you saw some tweets, you observed that some of your friends are really upset. But, now just go with me for a second But that's not more important than Trump actually knowing all the things Trump knows. So again, you're listening to Trump, but you can't hear Trump. You could watch an entire Trump rally speech. You could listen to an entire Trump rally speech over the course of time. By doing that, Trump will say a bunch of things that you agree with and maybe a bunch of things that you don't agree with and maybe some things that you think are stupid or embarrassing. And it doesn't matter because that's the speech. And now you've listen to it. And you've open-mindedly tried to hear what Trump is saying. And you realize some of it was valuable. You'll keep that stuff. You think some of it was embarrassing or wrong. You get rid of that stuff. And then maybe someday down the line, you listen to another Trump speech and times have changed. And you think, you know, the last time I listened to this Trump speech, that thing he said sounded stupid back then. But I gotta say, right now it actually sounds like it's kind of right. And so that goes in the right pile, and you wait a little longer, and maybe down the road you get a chance to hear Trump again. And you think, oh wow, maybe this guy does know what he's talking about. This is certainly, yeah, I mean, these things, yeah, I know he said them before because I've heard them before, but now they really do start seeming like they're reflecting in the real world. My, 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 Trump wasn't just being stupid and trying to confuse us and trying to convince all his cult followers that he was right and they were right and we're all wrong now nah, guys it's just you don't know how to hear trump you don't know what's going on and you're not trying to understand him and give him the benefit of the doubt you just want to sound like you are smart and you are competent and you know what the right thing is in relation to trump you're not trying to hear trump and in comparison to trump Who sounds serious? Well, politicians like Ted Cruz sound serious, right? Nobody doubts that Ted Cruz is well-educated. Ted Cruz is a very staunch conservative. Ted Cruz kind of crosses that line between America first and MAGA and Trump support and the more traditional establishment Republican. Ted Cruz sounds Like every establishment conservative wants an establishment conservative to sound. So Ted Cruz, in all cases, can be taken very seriously in ways that Donald Trump can't. Except Ted Cruz sounded like this yesterday. He tweeted about a law in Uganda regulating how the LGBTQ community would be treated. We are being told that around the world there is some backlash against the homosexual community, and that they are being targeted and mistreated. The global media could say that about the United States right now, and it would be as true as what they're saying in the other parts of the world. That's the thing you have to pay attention to. It doesn't become some dangerous anti-gay movement because it's in Uganda with all those savages, which is exactly what liberals think. We see what the pro-gay movement is doing here. And that doesn't have anything to do with individual gay people. They can go ahead and live their lives as they want to. But there is also a movement that takes advantage of them and gives the moral justification for its advances on the backs of normal people being oppressed. That's not what's happening. This is a movement marching forward designed to eventually get to the kids. And we see the trans movement and the gender movement doing the same thing all under the guise of the same thing. That should be pushed back against. It should be pushed back against legally. And if it gets to the point where people do need to be arrested and imprisoned for what they have done and the roles they have played in the propagation of this agenda, then that is just fine. That's something that must happen and it should happen by law. But it doesn't mean at any point that they are targeting the gay community for specific oppression. Those two things aren't the same. But here's what Ted Cruz said yesterday about Uganda on Twitter. This Uganda law is horrific and wrong. And he wrote an LGBTQ hashtag. Any law criminalizing homosexuality or imposing the death penalty for aggregated homosexuality is grotesque and an abomination all civilized nations should join together in condemning this human rights abuse. Now, certainly nobody wants to be a proponent of the abuse of human rights. And I have nothing against gay people and I do not want them to be mistreated. I do not want them to get the death penalty for being gay. I think that that would be insane. But I also do not think that we should be getting involved in problems like this in Uganda, and we don't need senators out there hashtagging LGBTQ while pretending to be the most conservative senators in the country and willing to stand up to the woke communists. Ted Cruz is pure establishment conservative. Are Ron's people going to be in to call out Ted Cruz? Is Ron going to do that? I don't think so. So where does the pushback against wokeness go, and how far does sounding like a serious person take you? Now, am I going to go around calling Ted Cruz some evil globalist? No, but it's good to know that he says stuff like this, and it's good to keep it in mind when you're observing the rest of his behavior. We don't need to assume that this is proof of all our theories about Ted Cruz's career that we've ever had but it certainly doesn't go in the win column. Ted Cruz is very serious. Donald Trump, not very serious. Why? Because we can't hear Donald Trump. Now, I said I was going to prove this. Let's prove it. We have one of the greatest examples ever, and it was given to us last week. And what makes it so good is that it is in every way a direct parallel to something that happened a few years ago and everyone on the uniparty left and the uniparty right freaked out and had the exact same reaction that they're having now. The comparison is actually so perfect that it should illustrate this situation in full. So let's start with the flashback. This is ABC News from June 12th, 2018. From Fire and Fury to Rocket Man, the various barbs traded between Trump and Kim Jong-un. President Donald Trump's historic meeting with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is the latest step in what previously had been a tense and combustible public relationship between the two men. The two famously exchanged explosive words in the past, with Trump calling Kim Little Rocket Man and saying that continued threats against the U.S. would be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. North Korea, meanwhile, once promised thousands-fold revenge against the U.S. The degree to which Trump and Kim continue to tamper their rhetoric remains to be seen. Here's a detailed timeline showing how the war of words escalated throughout the course of Trump's transition and administration. So let's think about how people reacted when Trump called Kim Jong-un little rocket man. What was Trump called? Totally unserious, right? He's one of the most dangerous men in the world. This is a nuclear powered adversary that could really bomb California. And we all said, Oh, that's very scary. How is Trump being so irresponsible (laughs) calling Kim Jong un little rocket man? How is he so irresponsible? And they asked him about it and they asked him about it. What happens? Well, if Kim Jong-un keeps threatening the United States, he will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. Is that serious enough or not? See, Donald Trump is the president of the United States of America at that point, And hey, maybe at this point as well. But people just pretended that wasn't true and they pretended they were smarter. They had more control. Oh, they're going to yell about it on the Internet. More control. They knew what was right and Trump didn't because they, with their vast history of geopolitical knowledge, their wealth of understanding about the situation in North Korea. Oh, let me do some North Korea analysis. North Korea, very bad. Kim Jong-un, very bad. Kim Jong-il, very bad before him. Donald Trump, very bad. Donald Trump say very bad thing about very bad Kim, very bad. I mean, this is the level of analysis that we get from the mainstream media and from con Inc media and all the people professionally supporting Ron DeSantis right now. That is what they were saying. And the funniest thing is they said, what does Trump even mean with this little rocket man? What does he mean when he's saying this? This is so bad. Well, hey, if you don't know what he means, is there a chance that it might not be the thing? You're assuming he means guy. I mean, I know you're the smart one. I know you're the smart one. But is there a chance that the thing you admit you don't understand might not be the way you're portraying it since you also don't understand Trump and you think Trump's stupid and you can't hear Trump? Is there a chance that he might know what he means and Kim Jong-un might know what Trump means? And all of the other people who actually know things and aren't on television and aren't watching the news on television to figure out geopolitics, that they might know what he means, too. Is there any chance of that? No, it's because you're really smart and you're listening. Got it. Okay. well, let's just move on from that and think about what actually happened. And as I said, that ABC News article has a timeline. There are like 100 entries in there. We don't need to go through it. We know what the end result was. There was no war with North Korea. Donald Trump went over there. He met with Kim Jong-un and they had a meeting with South Korean President Moon Jae-in in the demilitarized zone. They crossed in. That is Donald Trump peacemaker in front of the world, handling high level geopolitics in a way no leader before him was able to do and reducing the threat of North Korea to zero. Is the threat from North Korea still at zero? No, it's not. Why is that? Because Donald Trump's not president right now. Donald Trump sent a message. Donald Trump knew what his message meant. Kim Jong-un, knew what Donald Trump's message meant. And everybody else who was in a position to know what the real story was between the two of them knew what that message meant. And that includes all the deep state globalists. So the only three parties that mattered in that communication all understood Donald Trump, but the public and the people analyzing politics for the public didn't understand it. They don't have a part of their narrative that explains what Trump is saying or doing. They know Trump's bad. They got to figure out how Trump's bad. What's the easiest way to say Trump's bad? Trump's stupid. Trump's dangerous. You got both of them in that story. Trump's stupid. Trump's dangerous. He just called a nuclear armed lunatic dictator, because that's what we're told about Kim Jong-un. He just called him little rocket man. And now we're going to have nuclear war. Kim is going to nuke California. Everyone's going to die. And it's going to be Donald Trump's fault because he doesn't know how to say things or or you just don't know how to hear him. So Donald Trump created a peaceful situation over there. Isn't that strange? Now, has North Korea been a CIA proxy state and a Chinese Communist Party proxy state for a very long time? Hell, yeah, it has. And is it possible that the CIA and the global regime and the CCP actually had the ability to exert plenty of control over Kim Jong-un and what happened in North Korea. And if that's the case, then what does it mean when they tell us there is a nuclear threat from North Korea, a country that they control? Well, they can pretty much make us do whatever they want in that scenario, right? Because if we don't go along with them, well, California is going to get nuked. So who didn't go along with them? that's Donald Trump. And what did Donald Trump say? Well, he tweeted on January 2nd, 2018. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the, quote, nuclear button is on his desk at all times, end quote. Will someone from his depleted and food starved regime please inform him that I too have a nuclear button, but it is a much bigger and more powerful one than his and my button works. And of course, everyone went bananas. How can Trump say that? Is he threatening nuclear war from Twitter? He's so irresponsible. Well, Donald Trump wanted everybody to know that that's what he was saying. And what did he mean? Well, let's just take it at face value. Kim Jong-un has his nuclear button. He's going to use it. He's going to threaten the United States. and The United States should therefore be very scared. There could be nuclear war coming from Kim Jong-un, except it looks a little different if Kim Jong-un is a global state proxy under the control of the global regime, the CIA, the CCP, etc. Whoever it might be in a given situation that has compromise or leverage over him and can control him. That's where the threat is coming from. So Donald Trump responds. He says, I have a button, too. But my button is bigger and my button actually works. What is he saying? Your threat to me is meaningless because if you attempt to do what you are saying, I am going to do the thing back to you so much harder than you could ever possibly do it. And while you are bluffing, I am not bluffing. I have the ability to do this thing. It is not a bluff. You court this kind of danger. You will get this kind of danger times 10 from me. So don't even think about it. And rather than that being understood by the American public, what were they told by the television? Donald Trump is very stupid. Donald Trump is unserious. Donald Trump is very dangerous. He's going to get us all nuked. Well, we're not nuked. He created the meeting at the demilitarized zone. How did that happen? And what do his words mean if the CIA, the global regime, the CCP, whoever among the globalists are indeed controlling Kim Jong un? as a proxy state of the global regime and this permanent threat center to the world for whoever disagrees with the global regime. And where else do they have places like that? Well, it turns out they have one in Iran, don't they? All sorts of little hotspots around the world. And Donald Trump stared them right in the eye and said on Twitter in front of the whole world, I know what you are thinking of doing. I know what your threat is. I know what your big weapon is that you plan to use against me. Go ahead and try it. If you even think about it, I will respond with unrelenting force and you will be destroyed. Think about the attacks that they have launched on Donald Trump in a variety of ways. He is always able to withstand the attacks and he always responds 10 times harder He is literally known for this. And to paint that quality as bad, they talk about how he's vengeful and ill-tempered and he holds grudges and he just can't let things go. Now, none of those characteristics are bad when you're in a situation where someone is trying to destroy you. In fact, those are the best characteristics to have in that situation. They just are they're only bad when it's Donald Trump, you see, because because he's the president. He has to be more serious. People are just such whiny babies. They just make up whatever they want at any time because Donald Trump is bad. And then if you defend him, you're the cultist. Doesn't it make sense? Well, they tried that again last week because we had a perfectly parallel situation to the situation with North Korea. And we basically had Almost the same tweet, except it was on Truth Social and it was directed at Ron DeSantis. This is the New York Post from last Wednesday, May 24th. Trump panned over bizarre red button and Kim Jong-un comments in response to DeSantis's 2024 loss. You get that? He was panned. What is he saying? What is he thinking? Former president Donald Trump was ripped by some on social media and questioned by others after a bizarre truth social post in which he appeared to criticize Ron DeSantis shortly after the Republican Florida governor launched his bid for president. What was Donald Trump's post? Rob calls Ron DeSantis Rob often. So he says, Rob, my red button is bigger, better, stronger and is working in parentheses, truth, exclamation point, yours does not, per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, soon to become my friend, exclamation point, read Trump's baffling post on Wednesday. The post was later shared by the Trump campaign in an email to supporters. The odd missive came after DeSantis formally announced his entry into the 2024 presidential race during a Twitter Spaces event with the platform's owner, Elon Musk. So let's get some of the reaction, some of the freak out. Donald Trump's odd ribbing was dismissed and criticized by many on social media. What is he saying? What could he mean? Why is he talking about Ron that way? Almost half a million people tuned in to listen to Governor DeSantis for over an hour. Trump, meanwhile, was bragging about how he wants to soon be friends with Kim Jong-un. I'd say today was a major win for DeSantis zach montanaro of never back down a pro desantis super PAC, observed on twitter <laughs> rad cool thing zach you nailed him oh way to go zach yeah trump wants to be friends with kim jong-un and hey zach almost half a million people may have tuned in at some point they did not listen to it for an hour i was there watching and listening for an hour it never got above about 300 000. People came in, they left. They came in, they left. Hey, that's how it goes. But they're damn sure weren't half a million people listening for over an hour. That is absolutely false. But let's get some more reaction. This from A.G. Hamilton, who used to be A.G. conservative on Twitter. Gotta let everybody know you're conservative. DeSantis has been talking about detailed and substantive policy issues for the last hour. Conservative writer A.G. Hamilton noted, This is what you get from Trump. If people wanted idiocracy and entertainment, Trump might be the better option. If you want substance on the right, DeSantis is it. I mean, so gay. Sorry, that's so gay. Like, oh, I love this man who's bigger than me. I wish I could be like him. In fact, every man should want to be like this man. I look up to this man. I hope that his sweat drips off onto me. These people are preposterous and they tell us we're in a cult. Hey, Our cult leader said, these vaccines, I think they're okay. I'm not going to tell you to get them, but if you want to get them, yeah, go ahead. And we didn't. So we're in the cult. These people actually went and poisoned themselves for social credit. And they say things like this. If you want substance on the right, DeSantis is it. I wonder how his coverage of the CNN town hall went with Donald Trump. Was Donald Trump substantive there and effective there? Oh no, it's just part of the show because it's Trump. It's just a show. These people are pathetic, honestly. Someone needs to check Trump's meds. Is he taking the same old people pills Biden is taking? Does Trump think GOP voters want him to be buddies with Kim Jong-un? What a hot mess he's become. Paula Bolyard, managing editor of PJ Media, said in a tweet. Oh, Paula, what a reaction. You nailed him. Old people pills. (laughs) Gosh, that's funny. What humor these people have. These normies always clowning around. NBC News Deputy Tech Editor Ben Goggin suggested that Trump's post implies he's colluding with the North Korean dictator. Trump casually sharing information about Ron DeSantis, red button provided slash planted by Kim Jong-un during an election run up. Cool. Who cares about all that interference stuff from 2016? You see that? So Trump tweets this about Ron DeSantis and Kim Jong-un. And that means that Russian collusion in 2016 was real and Trump is doing it again. But now with Kim Jong-un, that is an NBC News deputy tech editor, that's what he got from Trump's post. Now, does he really believe that? Who knows? Maybe he is dumb enough to think that that's what Trump is saying, and he's unlocked the secret code of Trump, and Trump just made a big mistake saying this thing, because now he's outed himself as colluding with Kim Jong-un, according to NBC News. That is so stupid, okay? Okay. And the posts from Paula Bolyard of PJ Media, got to keep an eye on them in the future. Again, extremely stupid. She has no idea what he's saying. NBC News has no idea what he's saying. A.G. Hamilton has no idea what Trump is saying. It's just idiocy and entertainment while DeSantis is talking about very important details of policy issues. He sounds exactly like Rachel Maddow, by the way. Isn't that always the argument from the left? They're the ones talking about detailed policy issues and blah, blah, blah. They're ignoring all our studies. Uh, They're so ignorant. Same point. Same point. Made by a conservative writer. And DeSantis' own campaign made fun of it as Donald Trump wanting to make friends with Kim Jong-un. So those are four different perspectives. DeSantis' campaign, a conservative writer, eh, another conservative editor and then an NBC News deputy tech editor. So four different views, all the same view. Trump is stupid. Trump doesn't know how to talk the right way. Trump is corrupt to foreign dictators around the world. You see, Trump is always under the power of these foreign dictators, even though he has peace and good relationships with all of them. That's because he's their stooge. Now, Biden, you see, does not even get phone calls from these people. They won't talk to Joe Biden because they don't even bother pretending that Joe Biden is the real president. And Joe Biden gets absolutely rolled by all of these foreign leaders over and over and over and over and over again. And we can see it in Ukraine. We're going to see it in Taiwan. We've seen it in Saudi Arabia. These people don't even take Joe Biden seriously because they know he's not president. And yet because Joe Biden will agree that they are very, very, very bad dictators, then Joe Biden isn't the stooge of these powerful foreign leaders, even though he's compromised provably by all of them. And within a total inversion in the false reality, all of that makes sense to these people. Donald Trump is the one colluding. Donald Trump is the dumb one, the weak one, the bad one, the one who has no idea what's going on and doesn't know how to communicate. It's just... Idiocy and entertainment. There's no point in thinking about what he's actually saying in that post, is there? Let's just make fun of him and call him stupid. If we make fun of him and call him stupid, then no one will pay attention to this post. They'll just all agree that this post is very stupid and couldn't mean anything. Except the thing is, it does mean something or he wouldn't have posted it. And Donald Trump knows what it means. The people controlling Ron DeSantis know what it means. And all the people in the global regime who are aware of what leverage Donald Trump has on Ron DeSantis, they know what it means, too, because the point here is Donald Trump understands that Ron or Rob has something that he is going to go after Donald Trump with. That is the implication here. Now, if we want to take the nuclear weapon idea out of the literal realm and move it into a figurative realm, right? Because we talk about people getting nuked in all sorts of different ways. Like people will have their social media account banned and they'll say Twitter nuked my account or someone will come up with a really witty comeback and people will say, oh, they got nuked in the comments. Happens all the time, right? So let's think about what a nuclear weapon might be in a figurative realm when we are talking about high-level geopolitics or even domestic politics? What could it mean that they are kind of exchanging threats about nuking, right? So we're talking about a world where there is very high-profile blackmail on virtually everybody. And we're talking about a world where they have all of your information all the time from every single device about everything you do and say and think and write and the people you associate with and things you buy and the places you go, blah, blah, blah. You can go on and on and on. They have all the information. They know all your stuff. Okay. If you are powerful enough within that system, you can get everybody's stuff. Any person you want, you can have all their stuff, right? So someone has all of Ron DeSantis' stuff and people have all of Donald Trump's stuff. Except- Donald Trump doesn't have any stuff. That's what we've seen over the last eight years as they've tried to take him down over and over and over and over and over again using all the tactics they have always used to take people down when they have stuff on those people. They've tried that against Trump incessantly forever and it has failed. They might have another trick up their sleeve or so they believe. Maybe it's a tactic, something they do in the real world, forcing Trump to respond in some bad way. Maybe they have some other scandal that they think they've just been saving up for Donald Trump and they will finally use. And maybe they're planning on using that with Rob as their messenger to the public. The threat is that Ron is going to be the guy that launches this attack against Trump. And this is a major escalation against Trump. This would damage Trump in the eyes of his supporters or something. So they think Donald Trump is responding to a threat in this post exactly as he was with Kim Jong-un. And again, you can think about those nukes literally or figuratively. Kim Jong-un was going to make a move that was intended specifically to damage Donald Trump. Kim Jong Un as a proxy for the global regime is against Donald Trump in every situation and has been since he came down the escalator and probably before. So the threats and the real battle here are not necessarily between Trump and Kim Jong Un. It's between Trump and the regime, just like the battle is not between Trump and Ron. It's between Trump and the regime. Now, if the regime tries to go down a certain path against Ron then Donald Trump has the response. That's what he's saying. I have the big button. My button really works and I'm not afraid to use it. And what does he mean about the button really working? Well, one of the ways that he could mean that if we're not talking about actual nukes, and I'm pretty certain that we're not, is that Donald Trump supporters aren't going to believe all the dumb nonsense that keeps getting thrown at Trump. So whatever they think they have, it's not going to work. But ron for as glorious as he is on the television when he says mean things to your liberal friends he's still almost entirely unvetted and i'm not saying it's gonna turn up skeletons in his closet and that he's a terrible person yeah he's got the yale thing yeah he's been plausibly at least accused of assisting in torture at guantanamo bay But I don't know if either of those things are a problem, which is why I don't spend my time talking about them and targeting him for those things. I don't need to make stuff up because my case is not dependent on proving to people that Ron is terrible. The point is that Ron is unvetted. So if Donald Trump actually decides to go forward with some sort of opposition research on Ron DeSantis, and he does have it all, and this is not only a he has it all kind of thing, with the tech and information domain, he literally has people in his campaign and in his circle who used to work for DeSantis and know all that stuff. And that's the sort of thing that operatives on the ground in politics, we met some of them at CPAC, talk about because they all know it. Everybody knows it. And Ron certainly knows it. So Trump makes this communication. Ron knows what Trump's saying. The people handling Ron know what Trump's saying. The global regime knows what Trump's saying. The only people who don't know what Trump's saying are the con Inc media and all of the people tuned in constantly to the con Inc media. Trump haters don't know what Trump's saying. All of the relevant parties know exactly what he's saying. And Trump supporters know what Trump's saying. So when Trump supporters tell you this is what Trump's saying, They're not telling you that they have come up with a way that Trump's thing makes sense and that you have to believe them. They're saying, hey, we understand how these conversations work and who they're directed toward. And so does Trump. And so do the other parties involved. So it turns out that the only people who don't know what Trump's saying are the ones who can't hear Trump. And why can't they hear Trump? It's because it's his voice, right? because it's his voice. He's not the serious guy. You're the serious guy. You're the smart one. That's why you know that Donald Trump is just stupid and dangerous and divisive and can't control himself and has a massive ego and does everything for himself. You know, all that stuff is true because the TV tells you it's true and you agree with the TV. I mean, the TV must be right. The people on the uniparty left say it and the people on the uniparty right say it. And whenever the people on the uniparty left and the uniparty right agree, that's where the facts are. You see, on the other side, that's just opinion. Like Fox will give you their opinions about the underlying facts and MSNBC will give you their opinions about the underlying facts. You know, like when they got together and did that about the whole Russiagate hoax and they all agreed that Trump had colluded with Russia, but they had different opinions about how serious it was. The unit party right and the unit party left understood that the underlying facts were true and they were just going to give their opinions. And inside the false reality and total inversion, that actually makes sense. The facts are where the two opposing sides agree because they at least must be telling the truth about that stuff. That's where they agree that underlying thing must be true because they agree on it. No, the underlying thing is the most false part of it. That's why they're telling you and why they're agreeing. And the opinions, therefore, are utterly irrelevant because they are about an issue that only exists within the false reality. There is no opinion from MSNBC or from Fox News about the Russiagate hoax that accepts Russian collusion as true. That ends up being valid because Russian collusion isn't true. So it doesn't matter how you think, about a fantastical scenario. You haven't found the one right thing because you have found the points where the story is the same on both sides. I understand that that used to be a good rubric. It used to be effective or at least functional. It wasn't right, but it usually got you closer to the right place or so people thought. It doesn't work at all now. Look what has happened. The uniparty left has no idea what Trump's saying. The uniparty right has no idea what Trump's saying. Both groups know that Trump is the problem. Trump is stupid. Trump is crazy. Trump is wrong. Why is he saying this? This is what you're going to get. Don't you want detailed discussions on substantive policy issues? So long as we avoid all of geopolitics, the Ukraine war, all that stuff. Let's just avoid that and talk about who has... Wee Wee's and who has hoo We know we've always known. Not like those other kids on the playground. We're gonna we're gonna show them. We're gonna tease them about not knowing who has wee's and who has hoo and it will take us two years and hopefully we, we will convince them and maybe it will all work out once we get Ron in office because Juan is going to stop them, and then they're gonna know who has the Wee Wee and who has the hoo-ha. Very, very serious policy discussions, everybody. Good job, children. Can you believe it? You're not going to get serious policy discussions on serious issues. You're just going to get idiocracy and entertainment. Well, Trump knows exactly what he's doing. And so do the people who matter. And it's extremely effective. And that's why it's good, guys. And yet we are told by our betters, by the elites, the elites in media who surely know what's going on, the Ben Shapiros of the world. Stop down at his diner and you can hear all about Ron DeSantis. Now, the waitress will tell you everything you need to know. She will keep you at Ben Shapiro's diner for the next two years, because every time you ask a substantive policy question like, hey, does Ron think that Joe Biden got 81 million real lawful American votes? The waitress will give you a two hour dissertation on weewees and hoo She'll sit down with you and watch Matt Walsh's documentary from start to finish. And it's fine because she doesn't have any other customers. And then at the end, you can applaud yourself for knowing all of the details of these serious policy issues. Except you still happen to be the only group of people who doesn't know what Trump is saying and thinks that he is crazy and stupid. While all of the very serious people are telling you how in just 10 short years, they're going to get wokeness out of schools. And it's the same way they're going to fix election fraud, by the way. Sure, the wokeness exists right now, and it will exist until you give us all the power we need to fix it. But once you get all the power, we promise to fix it. And that's what Ron DeSantis is saying about elections now, too, more or less, because he's done nothing to fix elections in Florida. In fact, Florida's elections are terrible and maybe getting worse. But Ron and his supporters are currently right now saying, we know that elections are rigged. We know they're a mess. But you see, the only way to fix those problems is to elect someone who can win in this rigged system. And I know the system is rigged and I know that that sounds crazy, but you got to understand so many people are really, really angry at Donald Trump that they'll just never vote for him. So what we need to do is make sure that there are enough of us who are angry at Donald Trump and then together we can win inside this rigged system just on the basis of hating Donald Trump. And don't worry, as soon as you put me in power, as I ride that wave of hating Donald Trump into office once I get in there. Oh, I'm going to fix the elections for everybody. That is genuinely the case for Ron being made right now. And again, who's making the case? Uniparty right, Uniparty left, both anti-Trump in the same ways about the same subjects, approaching them from different sides. Those happen to be the only people who can't hear Trump. And we just proved that. Now, you might say, well, that's just one example. No, every example works that way. And it's obvious. And everybody knows it because we have seen this story so many times. Trump says something. The mean tweets, I mean, that's one of the most popular ideas in the public consciousness. Trump writes mean tweets and people get mad. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. You can feel different ways about that, but everybody knows it. Trump supporters don't get mad at Trump's tweets. Trump supporters don't get mad when Trump does something odd, like puts up NFTs, for instance, because we try to hear Trump and we try to think what else might Trump be doing, assuming that Trump is not the dumbest and meanest and most selfish person in the world, blah, 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 on, 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 on. Because he's not, and the people paying attention to Trump are in a better position to know that than the people who are sometimes listening to Trump, but mostly just telling us how Trump is bad and mean and wrong all the time. When Trump says those things, Trump knows what he means. The parties involved know what Trump means. The global regime knows what Trump means. And all of the people in the media and in Normyville, the villagers, the uniparty right, the uniparty left, They have no idea what Trump means, and they get really, really mad and call him stupid in public, and they think that solves it. They say simultaneously, what does he even mean? Also, he's stupid. No. If you don't know what he means and you're angry, you're the stupid one. That's how that works, okay? That's how that always, always works. Throughout life, that's how it works. If you don't understand And you're mad, you're the dumb one. Okay? Let's just let that be a rule. Now, how is it that the people who always have that reaction when Donald Trump does something that they personally don't want to defend in their own lives to the people who send them messages saying, look how dumb Donald Trump is this time? Are you going to defend this this time? Those are the people who never know what's going on. Always the same reaction. Trump was always bad. Trump was always dumb. Those people are always the same anti-Trump people. Always, always. How is it that those people who are the only people who don't understand what the statement actually meant, how are those people always aligned in their viewpoints about Donald Trump? Isn't it incredible and by the way, if you're busy sporting Ron DeSantis over Donald Trump during this time, maybe this is a good opportunity to think about why your reaction to Donald Trump is always to get mad first, even when you don't know what Trump is talking about. You can't be that person and then tell everyone else that they are a cultist who just makes up excuses for everything that Donald Trump says. No. We're the ones actually trying to understand him. We're the ones who listen to him carefully. We're the ones who can hear him trying to give someone who is good and does good things almost all the time. The benefit of the doubt in any scenario, because he is critical to your cause is not caught like behavior. It's just the benefit of the doubt. Thinking that someone is bad, no matter what the circumstances are, although you're okay to side with him sometimes when the other side is really, really bad, that is far more cult-like. That is an obsessive commitment to seeing the worst in a particular person in all circumstances, blaming it on the normal people out there supporting that guy and then rejecting it all because you're worried that the dumbest and worst people in the world won't take you seriously. Why are people who know what is wrong in this country so concerned about impressing people who wore masks in their car and got multiple rounds of vaccines and believed the whole very violent insurrection narrative and think that Joe Biden got 81 million real lawful American votes why do those people need to be impressed and catered to? And why is that more important than sticking up for the guy who really can set things on the right track in this country and has? And I said I was going to talk about elections and stuff today. I think I'm going to hold that tomorrow and maybe we'll do a, a part two that kind of continues on this theme. There's so much new stuff I want to get to and catch up on, you know, the the debt ceiling negotiations. That process is still in flux. There's no reason to get mad. There's two sides of a narrative playing out. Both sides are very, very productive for us and for the conversation. You should be entirely positive about that situation, okay? We're never going to pay back $31 trillion. So it doesn't matter that we're not going to pay back $35 trillion either. The whole system is coming down sooner or later. And so let's just pay attention find what our principles are, find where our principles lead us and push for that thing. It's really simple. If the potential bill upsets you, call your congressman, call your senator, say that bill upsets you and you will not support it. And if they support it, they will not have your support any longer. By all means, go do that. If you like the bill, you can keep it. That's a joke. If you want to push your congressman to attempt to have a vote for Kevin McCarthy to vacate the chair as the house speaker, then push for that. All the options are on the table. Decide what your position is and go forward. We'll talk about this more as the situation evolves. And there truly are plenty of other things that I want to discuss, but they're going to have to wait. I do want to address one more thing before I go from this episode, and that's this. So obviously, I've been thinking a lot about what this info op is because we are Seeing an info op. This is a pro Ron info op. It's an anti Trump info op. We know the people running it. I've been talking about it for seven months. I know people might be a little bored of it and they think this conversation is divisive. It's not. This is how we set things on the right track so that people actually have something true to hold on to rather than making this a team Trump versus team Ron thing. We didn't ask for this discussion. We didn't ask for this to happen. We don't need or want it. It is an annoyance and a distraction. It shouldn't be happening, but it is happening. So we have to deal with it. Is it Ron's fault that it's happening? Who knows? We'll find out eventually, but either way it's happening. So it must be dealt with. So we've been relitigating COVID from 2020. I tweeted this. Trump supplied a massive surplus of ventilators and two hospital ships to New York because that's what the experts said was needed. It all went unused. Still, they blame Trump. Now, some of it was used, as very smart people on Twitter have pointed out. But by and large, the ships were not used and the ventilators were not used. They set up a field hospital in Central Park. They set up another one in the Javits Center. Most of that went unused. Why? Because hospitals were never overrun. And this was massive, obvious proof of it right in New York in the heart of the problem. It doesn't matter that some of it got slightly used Thank you for your semantic correction. But I pointed out that still they blamed Trump. They said there was this lack, they needed all this stuff. Trump was unprepared. Trump rushed everything there and they didn't use it and they still got mad at Trump. That's how everything went throughout 2020. I wrote, There is not a single Trump supporter on earth that forgets how the regime framed Trump in 2020 and how the uniparty right played along. And by the way, framed, I mean, how they framed Trump, not like he was framed on murder. She wrote or Scooby-Doo. I mean, how is Trump being framed? Real simple. But again, when you can't argue the point, at least argue semantics. Oh, we got college professors checking my paper. (laughs) Trump and MAGA led society out of COVID. By not going along with any of it and not politely bowing to the people enforcing it and asking for permission at all times if they didn't want to comply with all the things. Oh, hey, guys. Yeah, I know. You see, I'm not I'm not saying that masks don't work at all. I'm just saying that, like, maybe we don't need to put them on uh, on the kids, you know, I. I know, I know masks, masks work a little bit. And yes, the disease, I know it's, it's very deadly, but do we really need to mask the kids? Well, you see, you weaklings, if you hadn't gone along with the first part, you could have actually stood up to the rest of it, but you couldn't do that because you're scared of liberals being mad at you. And this goes for all of the people who went along with COVID. Are you my worst enemy? No, you're not. And that's not the point. The point is you actually have to take responsibility for all this stuff at some point. I wrote, no one forgets this. No one forgets that at the same time, the Uniparty right allowed our nation to be usurped and went along with it. Why? Because they thought their lives would get better once they could stop having to grovel before communists every day, too scared to actually do anything. And that's the situation that we had. How many establishment normie Republicans do you know that got vaccinated so they could travel or they say they got vaccinated because their kid's school demanded it? They have a litany of excuses and now they're blaming Donald Trump for the vaccine. No, guys, that's your fault. Trump made the vaccine available. That's it. He didn't make the vaccine. He certainly didn't convince you to take it. And he doesn't need to denounce it because it's your fault, not his. I wrote, we see all of you. We saw you in 2020 and pretended you were more like us than you were like them. Turns out we were wrong. And that is what we have done with these people for the last two years. We have sat around while they have failed to take the fact that our elections are stolen at all levels nationwide. Our country has been usurped right in front of everybody everybody knows it. Everybody knows that our country is collapsing. Society is collapsing because of what's happening in politics and that everything stems from that stolen election, but they ignored it for two and a half years. Why? Because we went along with it and we said to them, yeah, it's okay. I know. I know. I know. It's okay. It's, I know it's the big lie. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you don't have to say it, to other people, you don't have to. It's OK. Yeah, just just focus on the wee wee and hoo-ha thing and uh, and we'll just let it go. We're going to I know you're on our side. You're on our side about everything else, just not the usurpation of the country. And now we're just going to hammer that usurpation in. We're going to make sure it sticks forever by not relitigating the past and putting someone in who the regime will accept and won't cheat out of the presidency. And that's going to cure it all. We are being told how we must act and think by people who could not stand up to their liberal friends. And we're being told that the reason we have to support them is because they're the only ones who can take on wokeness. These people couldn't even stand up to masking and vaccine IDs. Ron didn't get the country out of COVID. Trump did that. MAGA did that. If MAGA wasn't around, who would have stopped complying? Well, it's not the people out there supporting Ron. It's not the people who accepted election fraud. They complied with election fraud. They complied with vaccine cards and IDs. They complied with vaccines. They complied with masking and lockdowns. They did it all. All of it the whole time. They went along with it. They complained about it. They said why it was a bad idea. They wrote little social media posts. They shared studies with their friends, but they went along with all of it. They went along with the stolen elections. The only reason that we're out of that whole situation is MAGA actually doing the work and making the sacrifice and taking the punishment to not comply. If MAGA wasn't here not complying, All of it would still be going on because all the normies, all the villagers in the mainstream, uniparty right, uniparty left, they all went along with all of it. They would have never stopped. Who was going to tell them, oh, the data just doesn't quite add up, guys? Who is actually going to make a stand for any of it? It's not them. It's never been them. They've gone along with the whole thing. It's the party of false decorum. They're trying to impress their liberal friends. They don't want to get kicked out of their social circles. It is the most important thing. And trust me, I know. I was in an elite social circle already. I've done it, okay? And I've been exiled. And I chose it because those people actually are awful and complying and going along with everything they want is not how to win. Sooner or later, people have to give Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters the credit that they deserve. He and they have been right about all of it. Does that mean every detail? No, of course not. Let's not be stupid. They made every decision correctly that mattered. You want to say Trump couldn't have because he's not in the White House right now? Well, I guess you don't understand what's going on. And it's a real hard case for people to make. When those people bent over and allowed their country to be stolen with nary a whimper of complaint for fear of being exiled by their social circles, the people who couldn't stand up for election fraud are calling Donald Trump a loser and they have no idea what's going on. Why? Because they can't hear Trump. So we're going to continue down this path tomorrow, and hopefully we'll get to a bunch of the big news that's been going on. But for the meantime, I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365 day returns in my mind that's the end game thanks for listening if you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day you can do that by downloading the telegram messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator